Learn the most advanced recruiting techniques. Land the most desirable talent. Launch your company towards massive success. This is the Higher Power Radio Show with Rick Gerard. Good afternoon, everyone. Welcome to the Higher Power Radio Show. Today we're talking about two major changes that will impact your interviewing process in 2018. Salary history and what they call ban the box. I'm Rick Gerard. I'm your host. And our mission of the Higher Power Radio Show is to discuss and deconstruct insights from top-performing entrepreneurs and industry experts. Every week, we uncover tested tactical solutions to solve your company's most difficult hiring challenges. Today, our guest is Karen Banajov, the CEO and founder of KEB Business Consultants. Karen is an expert in human resources, especially with compliance. Um, in 2007, she founded KEB Business Consultants. They serve small, medium-sized businesses across a variety of industries with their human resource, talent management, and benefits administration requirements. Karen, welcome to the show today. Thank you for having me. Absolutely. So two things I want to cover today. Um, there's majors legislation and changes in what can be asked in an interview starting in January of next year. One would be the two major ones are salary history and the ban the box, right? Yes. So let's cover that. Let's jump into first my favorite, which is salary history, because everybody likes money, right? Yeah, definitely. <laughs> definitely. All right. So as of January, um, an employer can no longer ask a person's salary history, correct? That is correct. All right. That so correct. let's talk about that a little bit. What does that mean for uh, employers? What it means is it's simple. Um, on applications, they can no longer uh, ask for what their current wages are or salary mm -hmm. uh, at their past or current employers. Okay. Um, even during an interview, they cannot ask, what are you making? Uh, it's, very, if, it's very important that they, they're being hired on based on the job, and you can offer them of what you what you would like to pay them. Got it, got it. So they cannot ask of any form of compensation or benefits at all? No, none okay. at all. None okay. at all. So what happens if, for example, a candidate, a person comes in and they offer that up? Well, some would say they are developing that information on their own. Sure. However, it's important that they understand that they do not have to give that information. It's sure. ideal not... Um, it's ideal not to get that information, even if they are saying it, just kind of stop it right there. Yeah. Unless there's something you want to let them know that somewhere in writing that you do not ask, it's not required. If they still want to give it, that's that's up to them. But uh, okay. everybody's different. Yeah. Now, this also includes third-party recruiters and actually reference checking, too, right? Any, yes. Any, any company that uh, deals with candidates applicants they have to be in compliant with um the current laws got it yes got it okay so from what i've heard and i haven't seen the laws themselves but they're kind of poorly written right very so very <laughs> so this is going to be an interesting thing yes. um so to be safe here should you be upfront about <clears throat> the fact that you just don't want to know their salary information yes and if um ideally it's also to have it on the application itself, too, if they're going to fill out an application, mm -hmm. letting them know that 
the company does not, it will not ask, nor uh, do they, are they going to inquire of the, of the, um, the candidate's uh, wage or salary information Got it. <clears throat> during an interview. What's the purpose of this law? Do you know? Um, they really want to, it, that's, it's actually stemming from the Equal Pay Act. Okay. So the salary history is actually stemming from the Equal Pay Act. So they want to make sure that that candidate is being hired based on their qualifications. And the, the amount, the salary, the salary being offered to them is fair. Yeah. And also that candidate or employee upon reasonable request can rec- ask for a pay scale of that position or any other positions within the, the company. Okay. So what, uh, so they can ask for a pay scale. You mm-hmm. have to provide them a pay scale. Yes. So what does that do, though? How does that equal out the equal – how does that equal out pay, right? So, it's, again, the, the pay – the salary, mm-hmm. the wages that you're paying someone, it's based on similar work. Got it. Okay. Not the exact. It's substantially similar work. Got it. Um. And they want to see that it's not gender-based. It's so based it's, on the job itself. It's meant to cut the, the wage gap yes. between genders. Yes. Okay. But doesn't that kind of come down to negotiation skills in a way? Mm, no, not really. Okay. Um, it's just it's going to be based on what the company can offer, mm-hmm. is what they're able to offer sure. based on that position, based on the qualifications, and... That's why the pay scale comes into effect because you want to let them know that, okay, if you have different stages within that position, what are the qualifications within that, in that position? Got it. So all of it ties together, the salary history, um, what you're going to offer them, and what that position will pay. Got it. Got it. But, I mean, uh, so if you give a gap, mm-hmm. let's say I give a gap of between 100000 and $120,000 a year, mm-hmm. Right. I'm setting expectations that the position basically pays $120,000 a year in a way, right? Yes. Okay. So then if I'm doing that, now I've got a scenario. I don't understand. I might have somebody that I'm going to make an offer to that says, okay, well, yeah, I'll, I'll accept the job for 100000 And then I might have somebody else who comes in and says, well, I want the one twenty. So that, I guess that's where I'm a little confused on how that's going to actually. This is where it's poorly written. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> how is that going to? How's that going to well, fix the wage gap? The negotiation, negotiations. Those are just negotiations. Yeah. So if someone's saying, "Look, I'll take the job for a hundred thousand," but again, your pay scale and what you're really, you know, what you can offer, or maybe over time, can be up to one hundred twenty thousand. Sure. So someone maybe who's coming in with more experience will be getting that higher pay than that person that's coming in with lower. Less experience will be getting paid lower, so it, you just have to make sure that you're equal across the board. Got it. Got okay. it. So then, you as the company, it's kind of put back on you to make sure that if you've got somebody with similar experience already within the company, that you match that offer that essentially that other person's making. Yes, and okay, and you want to make sure that you have it clearly written out what those expectations are and sure. why that person's getting paid. Okay. X amount of dollars and why the other person's getting paid. Got it. Dollar amount that. Now, is. this primarily has to do mostly with with the salary, right? Yes. Okay, so yes. it doesn't have anything to do with any of the other benefits that are negotiated and maybe equity in the company, anything to that No, effect. this is strictly salary. Okay. Yes. So they're not, they're not looking at <clears throat> total compensation? 
No. And I mean, with and when they talk about benefits, again, um, it's be fair. Yeah. You know, medical benefits. You don't want yeah. to give one person. Okay, I'll, I'll, I'm going to pay you hundred. I'm going to pay this hundred percent, but then the other person, you're going you're going to have to yeah. pay twenty percent. And, and that's kind of standard. Yeah. Everybody has the mm-hmm. same same option, right? Yes. Um, so the interesting thing is, we we work with a lot of tech companies, and tech companies offer stock. Yes. Right. Mm-hmm. But somebody who comes in earlier in the company is going to get more stock than. So this doesn't this doesn't no. have anything to do with no. with the amount of stock. No, okay. and it's how thing and it how it's how everything is communicated. Sure. To that individual who's accepted the job offer. Again, this is all conditional. Yeah. All conditional. Got it. Got it. Okay. So let's give some examples to our listeners of uh, interview questions you can ask mm-hmm. that might be able to divulge. Well, that that would be helpful in divulging this without asking for what they're making, right? That's <laughs> that's a tricky one, right? That is very tricky. It is so, it is very tricky. So I, I I've I've throughout when I when I um when I interview people I always ask either what are your minimum salary requirements or what what are your salary expectations for taking a role with us that sort of thing. Yes, and you know what? Uh, it's also important the wording sure. how you word because expectations might be okay, expectations. Not that that's what I'm going to be getting, yeah. but requirements it might come off um, saying that this is what I this is what I'll be p- getting paid. Got it. So we ha- again, it's all how things can be portrayed. Yeah. You know, the perception. Yeah. Of everything. So yes, you know, again, when they if the candidate divulges that information, yes, it's everyone has different opinions, mm-hmm. um, and you have to. Side more on the caution, be more cautious. Well, you especially do with this being a new law, exactly. right? There's nothing to back it up, and you don't want to be that person who's so who's setting the case law, right? So staying away from that might be ideal for right now. Yeah, just don't even <clears throat> um, don't even ask that type those type of questions if you if you don't have to. Well, you you do need to have an idea of what somebody's making because you can go through a full interview process with somebody. And effectively, you're thinking, I'm going to pay this person 85K, and that person's really expecting 110K, and you've got a huge gap that, you know, as you go through this whole process, that you might have a head. From what I am gathering, um, again, based on these new laws that yeah. haven't really taken effect, and I know it's a lot kinda, of speculation. It's, right? it's a lot of speculation. Yeah. So, from how I'm how I'm considering this is that they really want to focus on the candidate's qualifications and okay. then you can take it to that next level and not gear the interview or anything else based on fine, just on financially. Got it. Okay. Got it. Well, in, in most cases, most companies tend to look for the right person mm-hmm. as opposed to, and usually in my experience, it's always been that the salary works itself out in the end. If somebody really wants somebody and uh, that person really wants to work for the company, it's usually a pretty easy transition. Yes, it yeah. is. A re- yes. So once that once they found the person, the, the, that right candidate, and they, they meet the qualifications and everything is the offer has been made and salary is right, not there, then ne- again, you n- just negotiate and come up with the right the right number exactly all right we're talking to karen banajov ceo and founder of keb business consultants we need to take a quick break but when we come back we're going to talk about the ban the box which 
It's kind of like Jack in the Box. <laughs> I don't know. For some reason, I'm getting that image. We'll be right back. You're listening to Higher Power with Rick Gerard, giving you access to recruiting techniques that will help you hire key talent to build your company towards real success. Rick is a recruiting executive and entrepreneur who's been successfully recruiting in the aggressive Silicon Valley technology landscape for the past two decades. After a very successful stint at Apogee, he founded Stride Search in 2012. Based on a lean efficiency model, Stride has uniquely positioned itself as a leader in retained search for the most critical talent hires within a small organization. Whether you're a startup executive or recruiting professional, by listening to Higher Power with Rick Gerard, you will walk away with skills to help you attract and hire great talent. Now back to Higher Power with Rick Gerard. Wow, there was a lag there, Paul. Uh, welcome back to the Higher Power <laughs> Radio Show. I'm your host, Rick Gerard. And today our guest is Karen Banajov, the CEO and founder of KEB Business Consultants. So we just discussed, um, well, salary history and the laws around whether or not you can ask that in an interview process moving forward in 2018. Mm-hmm. Now we're going to explore ban the box. So basically, this is asking about criminal history, right? Yes. yes. All right. So let's talk about ban the box. What? What? First off, what is ban ban the box? What does that mean? You just they t- you're taking that box away. You're banning that box that's on that application. Asking, have do you have any convictions or or felonies? Felonies. Yeah. Yeah. And so okay, so. Let's talk a little bit about, so essentially you can't ask somebody in an interview at all about criminal history. Nope. See, this one I have a problem with. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, the salary history one is interesting to get around, and and I understand why they're doing it, because I'm sure people have checked off the box and they just pass on people right away. Yes. Okay. Yes. But isn't it in essence now forcing companies to essentially background check everybody? It is forcing them, yes. Now, this is only applying for companies to companies with five or more employees. That is correct. Five or more. Okay. So, pretty much. More, more initiative to say small. Yes. Yeah. Yes. Okay. So, um, walk me through this what, what, what Band the Box is and, and how it works. Well, how, how it works is that obviously there's that on the, you have the application. On mm-hmm. the application, there's that box. Yeah. So, you have to remove that box. Okay. Okay. Just cannot ask those questions. So you can't go to the staples anymore and buy the job mm, applications that no, have it on there. No. Okay. And it's it's the same thing going back to any type of third party uh, agency, recruiting company, anybody that is going to be interviewing or just reviewing candidates, they have to be in compliance as well. Okay. As, as far as with criminal um, not to have that component on the application or even ask that type of question. Uh, do you have any convictions or there is there anything in your history that will affect you to affect your job performance here or or ability to do the job but you can't ask that for like in a roundabout way about you know disability being able to like if you have to lift a hundred pound box on a daily basis you kind of have to ask that information right yes so the difference between obviously for accommodations with disability and criminal is one you want to make sure that someone with a disability there's not going to be any type of undue hardship. So they would be able to accommodate as best as they can without putting uh, too much financial strain on the company. With, as far as with the criminal background, even if there was something in their background check, it could have been already, you know, know, it's been 
10 years or more, it's no longer applicable to um, his, them working in the workforce. So you, that's why it's, when you're doing the background check, it's very important to, to look at what are the, what is in the history. So what we need to do is first off, invest in background check companies. Yes, <laughs> definitely. But so definitely. What, I, I don't understand why, because, you know, you as the employer, it's your responsibility to protect your employees, right? And, you know, you may have somebody who has a felony in their past that, <laughs> and of course, <laughs> he, he hands me a card of a background check company. Thank you, Paul. Um, so it's your responsibility to make sure that you, you, you bring on the best people too, right? And so it seems to me there's a better way to do this. Again, when the whole process behind the band the box, is it, again, poorly written? Yeah. Um, I don't think there has been much thought process to this, except <laughs> they are, in my opinion, are focused more on uh, making sure that everybody has an opportunity to work, sure. regardless of what history, his, what history they have. Sure. But you wouldn't know, it make more sense to coach the people to be a little bit, okay, look at it. I've got, I've got a felony where I embezzled money from a company, but you have a warehouse job, which I won't even be around money. Can I... You know, I want to be up front and talk to you about it before, but I'm going to be the hardest worker you've ever had. I mean, that makes a little bit more sense about being up front about it and putting the responsibility back on the person rather than on the company. Okay, if they're divulging that information, okay, we go with the same pro- we go with the same process. If they're gonna, if they want to just yeah talk about it, go right ahead and talk about it. yeah. But have something saying that the company nor the person conducting the interview will not ask nor yeah. uh, use that information as a basis. To, um, to a, decide and whether or not they're going to hire. It's important to review the pol- your policies and procedures. Yeah. And especially when it comes to your criminal, um, any type of background check, criminal background check, making sure what are the disqualifying events or uh, that will disqualify someone from the employment. Okay. Okay. So this is also forcing you to put more more regimented policy in place yes yes okay so there's some benefit you can get out of that with the company exactly yeah yeah to sit down and write more policies it's fun (laughs) it's so fun i know right um yes it's 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 very important you need you need to review that you have to make sure that whoever whoever's conducting the interviews they understand and what and convey that communications it's key to all this Regardless of the types of the laws that are coming to place, communication is very key in how yeah. it's being conveyed. Because at the end of the day, if you don't have that in writing, then it's going to fall back on the company. Okay, so run me through a scenario. I know that you mm-hmm. have a handout that you give to your clients yes. that talks a little bit about it. So <clears throat> one of the scenarios that you have in there is that you've got <laughs> Karen um, <laughs> comes is interviewing for a job that's kind of offset from whatever uh, background, whatever comes back in the background check. Yes. Now, are you basically, uh, let's, let's say for example, uh, it's a finance related, I mean, it's not a finance related job, but there's a criminal history on the finance side. All that person needs to do is answer the phones. Can you still, I mean, I know you can't really pass on that person because of that, but you can't actually, you're, you have to, to get to an offer stage before you can actually do anything, correct? Yes. You have to give them the offer first. Yeah. Okay. Before you can do the background before check. Before you can. And in that offer, 
it doesn't now again the law doesn't really say anything about having it to do in writing i think it's ideal to have that in writing and be very very clear of what the process would sure. we would like to offer you a job offer and with such and such position and then salary amount and then this is all conditional based on background, background check. checks and the disqualifying yeah. what are the disqualifying criterias should be on the offer letter um yes yeah. so they have okay. an an idea. You don't want to be too specific, but keep it. But don't be too general either. So you want to let sure. them know. Uh, it's based on anything that comes up that's based on the job position itself. So if it's something that, again, if they're in finance, let's just use that example of finance, and they yeah. have something in their history about that. Seems to me like that's going to be the biggest one. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. Then it is. You know, it you can disqualify some because it is, they go hand in hand. It has to be in related in relation to that job position. That why you're not. You, you, why you're not going to move forward with the with that job? Did you ever see the movie Office Space? Yes, I did. So remember how they were siphoning off? So yes. software engineers <laughs> siphoning off small, like a fraction of pennies, right? Yes. And they're like, if they get busted, and they're convicted. Now, here's a weird thing. I'm guessing if you're a software engineer and you did that and you got convicted of it, you could probably uh, be a software engineer in another company, just as long as it's not dealing with finance, right? Yeah, you have or, to look at the job. Exactly, yeah. you have to look at you have to look at the job position. Um, what are the criteria? What will what will disqualify someone from not moving forward with that with that job? Yeah, it's very critical. Okay. Um, again, it's very hard to come up with you know to have some sort of um, examples when this is so new. Yeah, exactly. So to be safe, <clears throat> essentially. You're you're doing the interview, so you're taking somebody through an interview process. Mm-hmm. You're you're putting out an offer for them, pending background check. Then you have to run the background check. Now, let's say the background check comes something not comes back bad, right? Yes. What's the process then? You have to notify them. Okay. Okay. Again, notify them in regards to if it's if it's in regards to the the background check, then you have to give them five days to respond. So business respond days. how? Like to say, hey, that's not right or? Allow them five days. Yeah, five business days in writing for them to respond in writing in regards to the, um, yeah, what's wrong with that background check. Or okay. if there's something that's not showing up on the background check um, in regards to that particular conviction. Sure. Um, and then give them an additional five days to be able to produce mm-hmm. any type of other documents and then. So total length is probably ending up with ten business days. That's All right, so you got ten days that are kind of shot. And what if if you end up passing on that person? Now you're probably going to miss out on your number two candidate too because of all that time that goes by. Yes, so it's always good to maybe to offer to a couple people. <laughs> Make the offer to more than one person. Yeah. All right, so which that that might be tricky too, right? And, and it, yeah, that would, yeah be tricky. that would be tricky because if they both come back. <laughs> fine and then you got like a receptionist but you got four employees from the receptionist job exactly i see what the state's doing they're trying to make everybody employed yes right yes so that's crazy yes all right so um rejection notification is interesting then how do you release them let's say for example somebody didn't pass it Mm -hmm. you, you passed the 10 days can you release them for at that point or is there some sort of Something that you have to go through is um, again nothing that says what type of processes. You just sure. every company might be different. If they want to maybe send them another notification saying that sure. your 
We haven't heard from you. So, um, unfortunately, we're going to have to pass you up or we're going to move forward. I have a thought on how you can probably or, alleviate this problem, like a loophole around this process. Backdoor references. Like, yeah, just true. contact people that used to work with him and say, hey, what do you think of this person? Yeah, that's not... It happens in the Silicon Valley all the time. <laughs> <laughs> and no, it, it really, I've, I, you know, I've dealt with companies that have done that. They, they just know each other and yeah. especially medical field too. Doc, you know, physicians do talk to other physicians and say, you know, it's a small, it's a small little community yeah. and they know each other and they will ask, Oh, how, how's this person I'm thinking about hiring? And they'll usually give their off the record. Yeah. Okay. Um, just a quick overview too. Is there anything else that comes up that, employers need to be aware of not that we're going to discuss but is there any other laws that are kind of in effect there's the parental leave with uh companies with 20 or more employees okay so that's kind of it's mimicking the fmla What's uh, the, fa- the family medical leave act okay so 12 weeks of unpaid leave it's ba- basically job guaranteed to companies with 20 or more to, people well 20 now a minimum 20 employees okay Yes, because you have the 50 or more, so it's the 20 to 49 employee uh, category. Got it. Yes. Okay. And then, and, and that's pretty much it that anybody has to be aware of? There are some other ones coming down, uh, you know, but... Just for January, this is what they need to... Yes. The important ones. So your three, yeah, those are your three major, okay. major ones that are coming. All right, have fun, guys. This is going to be a great... Great 2018 for interviewing. <laughs> it's going to be creative, right? <laughs> yes. All right. So we're just about out of time for today's show. Karen, thanks again for your time investment today and sharing your wisdom with uh, the Higher Power Radio community. Now, you also, you, you sent me a send out, which actually goes over a bunch of this stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, if somebody's interested in, in getting that send out or, or, or finding out about KBB, how? Um, KBB? KBB, my bad. <laughs> It's How okay. do they get a hold of you? Um, well, they can uh, reach me, Karen Bajanoff, at KarenB at KEBHR.com. And that's K-A-R-E-N? K-A-R-E-N. B as in boy. B as in boy. All right. Yes. At K-E-B, my initials, HR.com. HR.com. Okay, mm-hmm. perfect. Um, any particular type of clients that uh, that you guys no, we, tend to do well with? No, we service uh, all industries. Okay. Um. Typically, we focus a lot of restaurants okay. and um, manufacturing industries. Okay. We have a few medical. So we're very, you know, across the board. Awesome. Yes. Awesome. All right. Cool. So uh, I want to thank our listening audience for tuning into this week's episode of Higher Power. Quick thanks to our team, our engineer, Paul Roberts, who is quite disruptive today. Our producers, Andrea and Ballin. <laughs> Shanti Ryle and our executive producer, Kim Iverson. To listen to this show and any past episodes, you can check us out on higherpowerradio.com. That's H-I-R-E, powerradio.com, or Higher Power Radio on iTunes. Follow us on LinkedIn and Facebook at the Higher Power Radio Show, or follow me on Twitter at Rick underscore Gerard, G-I-R-A-R-D. We have another great show lined up for you guys next week. We have Scott Kravitz, CEO of People Driven Solutions. I want to thank you guys again for tuning in. I'm your host, Rick Gerard, and you have been listening to the Higher Power Radio Show. Thank you for listening to Higher Power with Rick Gerard on OC Talk Radio.